All right, everybody, welcome to FUTFIX. This is our first episode. I am your host, Tyler, also known as Pace of a Tortoise, uh, but I am not alone. Also joining me is our my dear friend, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, say hello to everybody. Hey, everyone. Happy to do this, Tyler. It's about time. Uh, you introduced yourself with your Twitter handle, so mine is at foot underscore AST, which is probably how more of you know me. Definitely know Tyler as Pace of a Tortoise. But yeah, very excited to get this rolling. Welcome to your weekly foot fix. One of the things I wanted people to know is why we decided to do this. Um, both Andrew and I are a part of the foot and review uh, community. We've been doing some of the daily podcasts uh, with the crew over there. And we've had so much fun doing that. We decided it would be fun to, to do a full weekly review uh, podcast on our own. Uh, and so we decided just to give it a shot. Uh, but this is our first episode, so definitely, you know, bear with us as we're, we're learning the ropes of running our own podcast, uh, but we're really happy to have you along on this journey. Yeah, very glad to get started. I would say, you know, Tyler, you asked me, I believe, maybe three years ago now, maybe it was two, like summer of 2018 that we should do a podcast on all of this with our good friend Coleman and Richard, who maybe one day we will get on the podcast, but we had discussed it all the way back then. I believe my answer was something along the lines of hell no. Um, but here we are now. Uh, some of our good friends, John and Ingvi, who run the Foot and Review podcast, had been you know, encouraging us throughout the years to help them. And, and you know, this is going to be us talking about our foot journey, I think. Yeah. So, Andrew, why don't you, you know, tell people who you know, obviously may not know you, when did you start playing foot and, you know, kind of how did you get into uh, FIFA Ultimate Team? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been thinking about this one a lot actually today since we talked about it. Uh, I started playing FIFA, I believe it was called FIFA International on Sega Genesis at 1994, 1995, around that time. I think it must have been 94 World Cup. So I have played almost every version of FIFA since then. I think I would occasionally go a year, you know, take a year off between buying when they wouldn't really update the game. But, per, you know, I probably bought more than 20 versions of FIFA, maybe 25 versions of FIFA over the years. But I was always a career mode player. And then online seasons became a thing. And so I loved playing online seasons, just that random, you know, you play with a team. I'm a big Southampton fan. If you guys don't know that, if you don't know me already, a huge Southampton fan, I would play with them or I would try to play with some of the bigger nation squads uh belgium the belgium squad was one of my favorites always uh, england was a good one but then it just seemed over the years that there was this huge push by ea to move to ultimate team and, you know i just kept getting like the notifications that i should do that things like that and so i think it was fifa 17 that i loaded up ultimate team when the game first came out because online season seemed to be delayed not fun whatever didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand chem styles or chemistry or any, literally anything I was doing. So I did it for like maybe one day and then quit. I was just like, no, thank you. Back to online seasons, back to career mode. Then uh, same kind of thing happened in FIFA 18. And so I played career mode in online seasons for maybe two months. And then I decided in October, I believe it was October 2017, to start giving foot a real go. And this has been a very long way to say that's when I started doing it. We met on Twitter not long after that uh, because I got super interested in it. I am very interested in trading. Hopefully that's one thing I will talk about. I am 
I would say I'm a much better trader than I am at uh, game player. Probably partly because of our age, if we haven't said this, uh, we were both in our mid to late thirties. So my fast twitch skills have quickly eroded. So I'm much better at this game when I have a Eusebio than I am a 83 rated Gabriel Jesus. But yeah, so since then, you know, I've been trading and playing FIFA ever since. Pretty obsessed with it as you are. And presumably all of our listeners are going to be pretty foot obsessed as well. So yeah, what about you, Tyler? Tell me about your foot journey. I think it started a little before mine. Yeah, you know, I I think I also played, you know, the first FIFA back on Sega Genesis. I have some some vague memories of being able to use a striker and jump and block the goalkeeper clearance kicks and you could like actually like knock it backwards <laughs> into the goal, which was one of my all-time favorite moves. Um, but yeah, I actually got into, you know, kind of modern FIFA in I think it was FIFA 13 or 14, sometime around then. And, you know, mostly just played kind of like offline seasons against the AI over and over and over again. Uh, And it was really around FIFA 17 when I started getting into online play and, you know, started at that point is when I really transitioned to be, you know, take it much more seriously. And, you know, I probably went from playing, you know, a couple hundred games a year up to a couple thousand games a year as, you know, I kind of got really, really into it. And, you know, thankfully I have a, you know, a work from home kind of situation where, you know, it allows me to, you know, pick up an occasional game here and there. Uh, But definitely one of my my favorite hobbies, you know, been playing weekend league almost every weekend um, this season of FIFA 21, uh, which I really love. And you mentioned, uh, you know, being involved in trading. That was actually one of the things that like really got me hooked into Ultimate Team, probably back in like FIFA 17, uh, was just like realizing that like, how easy some of the overnight flips were. It was like, I remember, you know, buying a gold Aguero and selling him overnight and and making, you know, like 20 K a day. And I would just do that over and over again, only with Sergio Aguero. And then it was like, you know, go from buying one of them to buying five of them. And, you know, eventually it was like, oh my gosh, now I can buy like any player in the game. Um, And it's funny, like as my experience has really evolved over the years, I found myself, finally getting like burned out of, of trading uh, is one of the things I've, you know, even this year, you know, I've had some very fortunate pack luck uh, to where my team went from being like a 1 million coin team to a 12 million coin team. And I'm actually not any better, you know, it's like getting all these amazing players doesn't necessarily lead me to playing uh, significantly better FIFA. And so for me personally, I, you know, just didn't feel like the time investment of trading was, was one that I found super worthwhile this year. So I've kind of walked away from that and really just enjoying playing the game. Um, and you mentioned- it helps, it helps to pack Team of the Year Ronaldo to walk away from trading. <laughs> yeah, you know, I packed Team of the Year CR7 uh, as well as just over the past week uh, during the Nedved SVC, I packed- uh, Icon Moments Rivaldo, who I immediately sold at 2.4 million. Uh, he's since fallen. I think he's below one and a half million now. But uh, those two packs, I mean, I'm set for the whole year. So my team is pretty stacked now as a result. I'll briefly let people know kind of like what I've done with those coins and run you through my squad. 
Uh, so uh, before we do that, actually, you, you mentioned the coin value. I think that's probably something we should both mention is that we are actually on different consoles right now. So you are a PlayStation player. I am on Xbox. I will be on PlayStation the second I can buy a PlayStation 5 in America, but I have not been able to in four months now. I look almost every single day, but we are actually on different consoles. When we talk about prices and things like that, we are talking about different markets. And if you know anything you know anything about the FIFA markets there are significantly more people on PlayStation so the market is much higher so packing a superstar like Rivaldo or Ronaldo allows you to get a little more coins in PlayStation although not necessarily more buying power out of it yeah exactly great point oh and one other thing you mentioned uh to the listeners that we're both in our mid to late 30s I actually had my 40th birthday on Friday Andrew so I am officially I I over that. the hill. So I am now in my 40s. Uh, so definitely an older generation podcast. Um, but I know there are a lot of gamers out there like us. So, uh, you know, I don't think we're alone in that regard. Yeah, I think most of our friends in the foot community are our age, probably because the besides Coleman, most of the 20 somethings don't like us because we're not uh, bomba- bombastic enough, not <laughs> Kurt not curt enough yeah exactly so yeah. sorry i cut you off you were going to talk about your current squad i think with what you have done with these many 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 millions of coins that you have yeah it's pretty amazing um so i've got you know i switch up formations you know between either playing three five two or four triple two uh or even air japes's four three three the second variation but yeah in attack i have the 91 cruyff and Baby Eusebio as my two primary strikers. And they are both exceptional. I mean, truly amazing cards that I absolutely love. Uh, I also did the Icon Moments uh, Nedved. Uh, So have him in, usually he plays Cam for me. Um, He's been a little underwhelming. Haven't really loved him that that much, but you know, he's solid enough to, to stay in the squad for sure. And then, I did the the player pick icon SVC, and out of that, I got the 88, the mid Seedorf. And so he's one of my uh, CDMs, uh, and he pairs with an untradeable uh, Inform 89 Conte uh, that I got, you know, long ago when they were doing the the best of team of the weeks, and they released that, you know, a few months ago. And somehow I was fortunate, fortunate enough to have Conte walk out. Um, and so they've been great, you know, defensively. And then in my back line, I've actually made a constant rotation of, of changes in the back line, uh, but I'm using that uh, Acuna special card. I think he's an 88 rated, uh, I can't remember if he was rule breakers. I think he might've been a rule breaker. Um, and then the SBC Tadebo as uh, a center back who I think is fantastic. Uh, I recently, uh, over this weekend, just unlocked the new Deskiglia uh, level 30 card. And so he's in there with a soft link to that Tadebo. Uh, and then the other positions, is ones I keep changing, uh, I find I've had a lot of challenges with goalkeepers over the past few weeks. And so I you know, went from Courtois and then I went to Larice, and then I stupidly did the Icon Moments Schmeichel SVC. And I can't tell everyone enough how absolutely dreadful uh, that card is. He's just awful. And I've now had to replace him. I went out and figured if you can't beat him, join him. So I got the Inform 84 Pope in net. 
and I bought the icon moments Ashley Cole to get him in on chemistry. So, uh, you know, it's a fully stacked team top to bottom. And I absolutely love pretty much every player who's currently in the squad. And so far Pope has been uh, basically, you know, I don't notice him, which I think means that's about as good as you can get from your goalkeeper is to not just be absolutely hating him. I think that's right. If you want to see kind of more of Tyler's goalkeeper journey, you should look at his Twitter feed from this week. Um, yeah, it's quite comical. Some, some rage rants in there. Um, how about you, Andrew? How's your setup looking? You know, um, well, before we get to that, Schmeichel, if you're interested in them, do the loan first for all of these icons. Do the loan first and try them out for five games just to see before you put, you know, 400 to a million coins into something. Um, but that that is just my public service announcement uh, i am i am mostly rocking an untradeable squad right now it's a really good squad i think um i actually didn't start fifa this year until christmas time right after christmas i was actually thinking i was going to not play fifa this year i had kind of gotten fed up with a number of things we didn't really get into that I was getting a little tired of the game, a little burnt out. I know Tyler, you've been, well, I think on another episode, maybe talk about how both of us have gotten burnt out with this game at various times. And for, I think very legitimate reasons, but so I haven't, I actually have only been playing this game for a little over two months. And I think I have a banging squad because of it. And I'm not, I really just started uh, trading aggressively recently. And that's where all of my coins really are focused right now. Uh, so I've had a bit of pack luck. Um, so to start, I'm playing that Air Japes 4332 almost exclusively. Sometimes I will jump into a 532 to play out a game or John, our good friend John uh, at Foot Coaching. We'll talk about him at some other point or many other points, because if you guys are ever interested in a foot coach, if you're listening to this, you probably already know about him. But at Foot Coaching is just an elite coach and has helped me immensely over the years. But he has a 4-4-2 kind of suggestion that helps close out games. But I'm usually 4-4-3-2 variation, uh, the Air Japes version. So I'm going to go through that. At left wing, I packed out of the 83 times 25 pack that we got in the first icon swaps. I got an untradeable 92, the inform Neymar. I did a happy dance when I got him. I was doing a hell of a card. Even. What a great pull. It, it was about... I had saved up all of these packs for team of the year. I think I had something like 2 million coins worth of value in packs, something silly like that, that I do every year and still never pack the team of the year. This was the very last pack I had. You and I talked about it. Of I had an 85 times five pack and then the 83 times 25. And obviously the more likely to get the dupes was the larger pack. So I saved that one to the very end got freaking Neymar and I was so excited. He will be in my, in, he will be until my team of the year or probably footies squad. He'll be there. So I got him. Uh, he's my left winger. I have uh, prime Henri, Thierry Henri at striker. I got him in the prime icon pick. I actually wasn't going to do the prime icon pick. And then, you know, everyone was getting these great picks and out he popped. I had a boatload of untradeable cards, so I actually didn't buy a single player to do this icon swap or icon pick. And I out popped 93 rated French. Just he's elite. 
Is he the best striker in the game? No, I'd obviously rather have Croy for Eusebio that you've rocking with. But he's great. I love him. He's he's four star, on four Xbox, star right? Four star, four star. That's probably the biggest downside. He he's not clunky, but he's his night, you know, I've got like an engine on him or I got a hawk on him. So he has 99 speed, 99 acceleration, 99 sprint speed. It doesn't really show up as much as I would want, but you know, he's still an elite card. He's down to 1.6 million on Xbox, 1.8 on PlayStation. If you're, if you're looking for a striker in that range, great value. Uh, at right wing, I actually play the probably the only card in one of three cards in my squad that's actually tradable. I play a UCL Mbappe. Yeah, I just bought him. I've had him for a very long time. I would take a huge loss if I ever sold him. So it's kind of, you know, he's one of the best cards in the game. Love playing with him. Then my two attacking CMs in that formation are both really attackers. So I also did the 92 Nedved, and I just made a note. I agree with you. He is, he's great. Five-star weak foot is obviously great. His great stats, but he, for some reason he is a little underwhelming. I don't know if it's his strength or something. Maybe we'll have to think about that over the next couple of weeks, but he does underwhelm. Still a good value SBC, but not, I don't know what it is, but he just yeah. like kind of just doesn't impress me. Yeah, it feels like he doesn't do anything great. And so that's yeah. the, it's like he he does everything like okay, but he's not a really excellent dribbler. He doesn't have crazy shot power. He's not a physical presence. He so it's like he kind of just does basic things well, but he never is like making that oh my god amazing play that you know your your Neymar probably does all the time. Even Golden Bappe I think has that ability that playmaking ability. Uh, but certainly, you know, the likes of Eusebio and Cruyff, I see them do things every game that just blow my mind. Nedved has yet to do that for me ever. Yeah, that's certainly my problem too. I might not have a good chem style on him. I think I have engine on him, which makes him supposedly a 95 rated cam, but I'm not playing him at cam. So that could be the other problem is I've already listed off three elite attackers that I have that I think are better than him. Uh, so if I was playing like a five at the back and played him at right wing back or something, he'd probably be great. Maybe if I ever switch back to, uh, I'm a big three at the back person. So maybe if I go to the three, four, one, two again and use them on a wing, Footbend tells me he'd be a 95 rated left mid or right mid. So maybe that's where really it'll unlock his potential. Now, moving on to my squad, I've got the future stars Kulaveski. I packed for my third Whatever the pick was, the 81 plus player pick, I got a Kulaveski. That card is a monster. I think he's better than Nedved, quite honestly. He he outshines Mbappe and Neymar frequently. He's just so strong that I play him at left CM and he just bullies people off the ball. And also, he's the one person I get the bridge dribble to work with almost every time. It is just, he's disgusting. And so I do a little bridge dribble and then a cross shot, cross goal shot. And he's just, I love him. I freaking love him. So, um, and then CDM, I am using Tonali, the objective card, the futures. I think it's flashback card, but it's, you know, whatever objective card it is, 87 rated. He's good. I was using uh, Conte at one point there, but I need the link for Kulaveski, you know, I like him. He's, you know, nothing special. 
my back four, I just bought, uh, I don't even know how to say his name. You step in, you stepping on the, the left back from the La Liga. He's 99 speed. Very good. Future stars card fun. I just, I just bought him because I moved at your suggestion Ferland Mindy to center back and dropped out my untradeable Rafael Varane, who I think just obviously we see Varane in almost every opponent we face, but just the way we play, he's just not good enough. I think his agility and balance just doesn't work for me. And I just got tired of it because if I play, if you play drop back, he's obviously great. If you let the AI defend for you, he's obviously great. But if you're actually, you know, trying to play the game yourself. He, Veron didn't do it for me. I, since moving Mindy to center back, it just was a game changer for me. He tracks down these runs they used to be giving up. He's just fantastic. I love Ferlon Mindy. I have for the last three years. So, Yeah, I really love, I mean, I made that change initially because I packed Mindy untradeable. And so I was like, you know what? Let me sell this Veron and try Mindy here. And I forget what I was doing with the coins back at that time. But same thing, like I instantly really loved Mindy there because I always like to manually defend. I just think it's way more fun uh, to be, you know, trying to step in front of all of those shots that my opponent is taking. And, I, you know, it's just his agility and able to react. It just feels much better than Varane does. Uh, but agree, you know, we see Varane, almost every single opponent that I play uh, has a Varane in their team. And he certainly does really amazing defensive things against me all the time, but I never was able to make that card work for me the same way that he does for my opponents. Uh, and I think it's because yeah. I can't leave the, the controller alone and not, not take, take control of the game myself. Uh, but glad that's working for you too. Yeah. And you know, I think an underrated part of that is the five-star weak foot allows you to get out of a lot of tricky situations, you know, guys charging you down from one side. Well, if it's Veron, he might end up kicking the ball out of bounds if you have to move to his left foot. But Mindy is just, you know, pinpoint passes wherever you want anywhere on the pitch. Um, the other thing you, you just kind of brought something up about only got the three people to mention, but I always feel like I do better during team of the season than any, I think that I always, that's my crescendo. And I think it's partly because of what you mentioned is like, once I actually have the center backs and defenders who can play the way I actually want to play the game and not just sit back and let the AI play it for me. I think that is like a game changer for me. Um, I just, every, I'm just thinking, you know, all the way back, like FIFA 18, I was best when I had like just 96 rated across the back line. And I think that must be it is that I can't just let the AI defend for me. So having 99 speed, 99 agility center backs has to be the reason that is. Yeah. Well, we'll be there soon, you know, probably, I don't know what the time is, maybe five or six weeks. We'll probably be into the team of the season. And, you know, you'll be able to, to hit that crescendo nicely soon. So hang in there. I can't wait. <laughs> so continuing on my future stars themed squad, I also have Todibo. He is fantastic. I'm so glad I did the SBC. I love that card. He, I only have played him on eight chem. He's amazing. Uh, he's the best real center back I've used. I just love him. I also packed Diego Delo, the right back. So he has a strong link to my Tonali, which is why I use him. He's good. You know, nothing, nothing special. I will certainly upgrade him first chance I get. But at this point, you know, good enough. And then I use him Courtois and goal for Kim, Kim reasons. He's also nothing special. At one point, I was using Pope. He's, he is something special. <laughs> um, but uh, 
you know, Courtois makes the chemistry work. And I just, I would rather use Courtois and Todiba than I would uh, Pope and Gold or Joe Gomez or someone like that. Yep, totally. So how's your past week at FIFA been? Are you playing, are you doing any objectives lately? You've been playing rivals. I don't think you've been playing any weekend league yet this year. I have not played weekend league over the last three FIFAs. I have only played weekend league during team of the season last year. I didn't play it in 19. I don't think, I don't remember. I had a newborn son. So it's kind of a blur. I have a newborn son now too. So that's kind of another reason. So no, no weekend league for me. Um, some rivals, some squad battles, some objectives, kind of grinding a little bit of everything. Right before we started, I just finished my UCL icon swaps. I've been struggling um, just in general in FIFA, kind of trying to break down the dropback warriors. I, I actually have been thinking about maybe starting weekend league a little bit just to see kind of a better competition, but also, you know, better people. I've just been struggling a lot, kind of both with my gameplay and with delay. So it's kind of been this double sort of like, don't ever feel like I'm playing consistently. Don't feel like I'm playing good FIFA personally. But then when I do feel like I'm playing well, it's like I'm pressing a button and the game's just not, you know, just ignoring my input and that's frustrating. So I've been a little bit struggling recently on FIFA. Um, don't want to lie to folks. I, I'm definitely on a roller coaster this year with the game. What about you? I think you have played, you mentioned you've played almost every weekend league this year. So we're, we're talking on a Sunday. So how did your weekend league go and what, what other objectives or rivals are you playing? Yeah. So I did just before we started recording this podcast, uh, I finished my last game. I was just playing two gold three. Uh, so I finished at 14 and 11, which is not really great for me, um, but you know, it's fine. Uh, I played, you know, quite a few games on Saturday night, and I think at a point I was eight and four, and then I just kept playing and kept losing, and it was way too late, and, you know, I was really, really tired, and I was, I think I was trying to get to the 10th win so that I could unlock, there was like the, the red player picks for the weekly objectives, and so I was really trying to like force myself to chase that as a goal, and, you know, went from eight and four, I think to eight and eight. And then it was like, win one, lose one, win one, lose one type of thing. And so uh, I woke up this morning and I found myself 10 and 10. Um, and oh. you know, that, that red player pick, I got some 81 rated French right back, um, who obviously I'll just be saving for the next icon SBC to, to chuck him into that. But yeah, you know, this weekend, you know, ever since I bought my my better squad, my record has kind of continually gotten worse and worse. And so I think part of that is like, I'm not actually used to the players and the team and the squad setup that I have uh, versus the team that I had been using, you know, prior to packing team of the year CR7. I think I had used the same team for about, you know, eight to 10 weeks. And that really, I think makes a huge difference because during that stretch of time, that eight week run, uh, I took myself from division three rivals. I got myself finally into division one and, you know, had a weekend league where I went 14 and six, which was, you know, definitely on the, the better side of my performance. And then ever since then, I've actually been struggling quite a bit. So I'm now down, I think my skill rating is like 1750. Uh, so still in division two, which is certainly good, um, but definitely find a lot of very competitive games. Uh, where I still struggle. 
And, you know, you obviously can play people, you know, plus or minus three to 500 skill rating over you, like depending on what matchmaking is like at any given time. Uh, but I often find myself losing to people that are at 1600 skill rating. And sometimes I'll beat people at 1850 and, you know, it's kind of all over the board. Um, but really what I'm looking forward to now is I think I've gotten my squad in a place that feels stable. And so I'm going to try really hard to not make any changes to my team uh, until team of the season. And, you know, the one thing that'll very likely tempt me is, is some new icon SBC that comes out that, you know, if we get any kind of elite tier player, you know, a Eusebio or Croy for somebody like that, uh, I'd be hard pressed not to, to try to go after that immediately and, you know, may have to make some sacrifices in the squad to get the funds available to actually be able to complete that, that uh, SPC. And yeah. Yeah. And then objectives wise, you know, I, I did the managerial masterpiece Benedetto, um, which I believe is probably still out there. And that really burned me out from managerial masterpiece. I think I really liked the idea, you know, at the beginning of the game of, you know, basically, you know, creating this mode where you kind of leveled the playing field and force everyone to have, you know, lower rated squads. It kind of makes the game a little chaotic, but you always feel like you have a chance. And it was really fun at first, but now that I've gone through it, I think four or five times on various objectives, I think I'm just finding that the, the requirements are just a little too long. And so I'm finding myself less and less interested in doing it. And so now there's there's the Neves, who's the Portuguese uh, center mid in the Premier League. And I don't think I'm going to go do that one as, you know, it just, yeah. it feels like a long grind. So I have a lot of thoughts on managerial masterpiece. I think it is a great idea, uh, just a fantastic idea. Something has sorely been missing. And then like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of things in FIFA, they come up with this great idea and they don't make it kind of go with the game curve throughout the year so a 77 rated squad requirement on day one is fantastic it requires you to be creative use cool squads whatever at this point in the year like you're just shoving as many 75s as you can and then like a 91 rated icon or something and so it's not really fun you're using bad players you're not really even using random players because at this point for four months, five months now, you've probably been using mostly the same 75 players. I've used Dest in almost every single uh, managerial masterpiece game I've played because he's American and 75 rated. Like, so I wish they would, you know, update, maybe just add a plus one requirement every month. Like if we were at an 81 or 82 rated squad right now, you'd certainly be using weird and different squads. Maybe, you know, don't allow silver players now Just say 81 rated squad. Everyone has to be, you know, above either a special card or above like 80 rated or something. I don't know. Get creative, be fun. Also change it. Like it doesn't have to be a static thing. Um, you know, I, we didn't talk about what I did in my little break before uh, when I wasn't playing FIFA, but I was playing NHL and they have, so NHL 2001, um, they have this cool mode called hut rush that I hope comes to FIFA and it changes literally every week, the requirements of how you get to play. It's very similar to managerial masterpiece, except the requirements and like what squad you get to use and all that stuff changes. Like one week, it's a draft next week. It's like use three players from your squad. Like it's it just changes constantly. And that makes it fun too. 
and it's kind of sad that managerial masterpiece did not has not done that yet. Maybe they'll get around to it. Obviously, first year of doing this, I think it's a great idea. Silver Lounge is my favorite thing every week. Um, so you know, those are fun things. Yeah, I think but, part of like the managerial masterpiece setup, like from like EA's perspective it's like they put out like the milestones, right? Where it's like the EFL squad, I think has a couple iterations out now um, and several other of the leagues out there. And they put them in managerial masterpiece to complete. And I think their thinking is, you know, maybe they had a fear that people, you know, there wouldn't be enough people actively on the game to play if they like chopped up the modes and spread them out with different formats. And so by funneling everything into managerial masterpiece, it's like, you find one guy who's going for the EFL one, somebody else who's going for Neves, somebody else going for Benedetto, and they're able to find a game because there's everyone's sure. trying to play the same mode. Just let people adapt. And if they have to change their squad to still, you know, go and complete um, in the new format, like that sounds way more fun and way more interesting. So I definitely think it's something they'll probably take a look at in, you know, a future iteration of, of FIFA. Also, they didn't actually, like, I agree with you generally, they put a lot of things in managerial masterpiece, but not everything. Like that Gwendizzi, Gwendozi, uh, former Arsenal player, uh, I completed him. He's not in that. Like, you had to get him to a separate mode. But there are several players each, you know, like several good objective players that you get in a separate mode or the icon swaps are in a separate mode. Yep. Obviously, it'd be great if you could kind of double up on things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I obviously would like to have you know, people playing and people going for different objectives rather than everyone going for the same stupid objective. It's just, it's just a weird thing. So anyways, hopefully they'll update it, but I do like it. I like the idea. Um, that sounds like a very big grind. I've only done one of those. I did the left back in the Bundesliga sink Raven. Yep. Uh, that's the only one I've done so far. And it was a grind for sure. So I think, I, you know, we could talk a lot about SBCs that are out. Some interesting SBCs came out today that are icon SBCs that no one's probably going to do because we all did the pick and we we're all burnt on all our fodder right now. I think the real thing, everyone listening, everyone has been talking about all week. Probably the only story of the FIFA week is Icon Gate. I, I don't, we haven't really talked too much about it, actually, which is surprising. So I am certainly interested to hear your take on this. I'm sure everyone else is. I think we are... I kind of mentioned this at the top that we're less reactionary, maybe a little less uh, over the top than some other people in the FIFA community that we follow. So certainly interested to hear kind of what your thoughts on it. Maybe we should probably explain what it is first. So I might let you do that. Yeah, you know, so the icon gate, I'm sure most folks out there are aware, uh, but basically what happened was an EA employee was going out and you know sourcing and finding various people in the FIFA community and offering them to, to give them untradeable icons, team of the year players, and put them into their squads for money. And through so, EA helps Twitter account too, I think, right? Oh, he was just wow. like responding to people on Twitter. Yeah, it, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure on like all of the messaging channels that were used. I saw screenshots of of WhatsApp messages. Uh, sometimes it was Twitter DMs that people were posting. And in all of the ones I saw, the pricing was about the same of, you know, a thousand pounds for three icons or 1700 pounds for three icons and two team of the year players. 
And so basically everyone was getting these icon moments, R9s and Pele's and Hullets, you know, into their, their squads and paying, you know, obviously very substantial amounts of money, but it seemed legitimate to legitimately work. And so there's a number of folks out there who seemingly allegedly have paid and gotten these players off of basically the, an EA black market. And, you know, after all of these stories were kind of posted all over Twitter a few days ago, uh, EA actually released a couple of statements where they basically said, you know, they're going to take corrective action. Uh, they're investigating to find out, you know, which accounts where these cards were distributed to, and they're going to permanently ban uh, those players who have basically access to those cards through um, what EA has deemed, you know, illegal. I think they use the term nefarious methods. You know, I think reaction, you know, my reaction is like, I'm not surprised at all that that's the outcome that EA is going for. Like they obviously don't want people to, you know, not buy FIFA points. Like their, their only reason for existing is to get people to buy FIFA points so that they can continue to make more and more money finding out that there's another channel that people were going through to get access to the best players um, is basically money out of their pockets. So I fully expect them to identify and fire that employee. I'm sure internally they're going to change the entire protocol for how free cards are distributed and to, you know, celebrities and professional players accounts. Uh, I'm sure they're going to review that entire process to make sure that they have complete control over how that is being handled. And, you know, I, I think I'm not surprised. I personally don't know anyone who has, you know, gone through this where they've paid the money and gotten those players into their club. It wouldn't be hard to go and find professional players who had they known that this was an option, that they would have definitely done it. Uh, because I think the desire for people to get those, those great cards is just through the roof. And a lot of them, these, you know, R9 moments is basically never available on the market. And I've heard stories of people, you know, paying a private person to actually go list their, you know, yeah. online icon moments uh, just so that they could get a chance to, to buy that card. And so there's, there's just not enough supply with how high the demand is. And so ultimately none of this really surprises me. Um, maybe only a little bit that EA didn't think of this as a risk and already have a control in place to prevent it from happening. Like that to me is probably the only surprise out of everything. Had you ever heard the rumors that this was going on before, you know, the last week? The only thing I had heard is someone who may have been lucky enough to snipe an R9 moments. I'd heard that people were offering those types of people real money so that they would list their card at a specific time. So then they could go and snipe that card. I had heard about that. Um, again, I don't know any of those people personally. I just, you know, saw comments on Twitter that that type of thing was occurring. I never heard anything about an EA employee distributing cards. Like that was a shocker to me. So I had, I, I didn't, I have not dug back through like my messages on Twitter or things like that about what it was like kind of leaked to me or whatever. I like in hindsight now so I certainly had heard something very similar to basically exactly what is now being accused years ago like two or three years ago I always thought I mean I brush it off because obviously this FIFA community is 
as conspiracy theory is like the most QAnon believing person on the planet. Like they would believe any conspiracy theory you throw at them, including me. I'm guilty of some conspiracy theories on FIFA two. We can talk about another time because uh, it's, it's hard not to believe in scripting sometimes. <laughs> it, it is. We'll talk about that in another episode because I have thoughts on it and I have kind of done roller coasters of thoughts on where I am on that one. But I've heard about this one. But I also knew for a fact about the promo card, the promo release thing that they have for celebrities. So I always just assumed it was just people getting those two things confused. And it probably was, right? I've been, but I also, I think have been accused of probably in like FIFA 19, I had like a $70 million squad. Like I had just a bananas, amazing, unbelievable squad. And so I was got messages by being accused of things like that, of like buying my players from EA or something. So like, what's your hookup on the red list? <laughs> so um, I'm sure that's probably part of it too. So none of this is surprising, right? This FIFA community would do anything. I, I mean, anything to get ahead. If people spend tens of thousands of dollars on FIFA points. So spending a thousand dollars to get the three best players in the game seems like a no brainer for a lot of people. And Lord knows how long they went without getting caught. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine though, like not thinking that it would be a scam. Like I can't imagine being in a situation where I would PayPal someone, you know, 1500 pounds, which is probably you know, 2,200 US dollars or somewhere around there on the hopes and promise that, you know, they were going to send me some untradeable cards into my club. I just don't think I would have had enough trust to actually even done it had I even wanted to. Like, it just sounds like a scam. So I've had a lot of thoughts about this. So first off, I agree with you completely. Absolutely. I would, I personally would never do that, but both of us are a little more risk averse than our average FIFA player. If you think about it, the age of probably the pro who benefits from this is probably 19 years old, 20 years old, right? They're not making the same type of rational. Like, uh, if you, any of you guys are 19, 20, like, don't take this the wrong way because you are probably much better hearted, much more, you know, thinking good things about the world, idealistic than I am. I have been beaten down by old age from a lot of that things, but you were also naive and you think you can get away with a lot of stuff. And I'm sure that's a big part of it. Right. And then the other thing is it's just thinking about like kind of in general history or white collar crime in general, we only know about the things when people get caught, people do tons of illegal stuff all the time, get away with it. And so it's only, you think about that college admissions scam in the U S that went on for many years. This is like, yeah, these things just go on and people don't get caught often. And so something like this in FIFA where you're paying a thousand bucks, you know, seems like, man, maybe I'll get caught, maybe not. But the upside if you're a pro is probably worth it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if and when EA actually start, you know, permanently banning accounts. You know, there might actually be like legitimate pros. You know, a lot of these pros are like, have pretty significant sponsors, uh, actual professional, you know, football teams. And so... I feel like we're probably, you know, only a few weeks away from hearing that start to fall, fall through. And we're going to find out who some of these people are that get banned. And it's like, not only might their account get banned, but if they're sponsored by an organization, that organization may drop them, you know, because they realize that their player has been involved in a scheme like this. I don't think that this story is over yet. I think there's definitely going to be more to come as those bans start rolling out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think I've even seen any leaks or anything of anyone like even speculated yet. Not that like I'm really searching for it, but or quite frankly, not that I even know who the pros on the scene are besides like the kid Anders, who's like 3000 and oh right now. <laughs> Besides that, and like John Olivero, shout out Foot Fanatic Podcast, JKO. I think that's the, those are like the only two pros I could probably name. So I'm not searching for those names, but I don't think they've been leaked or anything. So I think that'll probably be, a, you know, a couple of weeks from now, a huge scandal because it has to be those type of people, right? It's not us. Like I'm not paying it. Like as much as I actually believe it's probably a good value for the people who spend lots of FIFA points, I'm not going to go out and spend a thousand dollars on those three cards. I have the money and I'm not going to do it. Like, to be quite frank, like it's just, that's a lot of money for a year long game where I'm just playing it for recreation purposes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, aside from, you know, the people losing their accounts, it's like come September, you're like basically anyone, those cards are worthless. And so that's yeah. a, it's a, I'm sure they are pros, like it has to be. And, you know, I don't think we know yet, but I'm sure we will find out who they are pretty soon. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. Because I imagine like, they'll be very, very upset. You know, there's going to be some pretty strong reactions because ultimately like this was led by an EA employee. And like, that's the real like person at fault for, for doing this. And, you know, I'm not like, uber sympathetic to the people who did pay money but i'm not like angry at them for doing it it's like i understand yeah. why they did it and i think once they are banned and kind of realize the repercussions of that i think they'll obviously have a ton of regret of that choice and i just don't think they would have ever even perceived this to actually have been a consequence of them actually making that purchase I think that's probably right. I mean, to me, it seems obvious that you would get a lifetime ban. I mean, they ban people for quote buying coins and stuff all the time. So I would think, you know, spending a thousand bucks on these players would get you a lifetime ban, but I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Uh, man, the, it's just a very, very weird week to be kicking off a podcast. That's for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So more to come on Icon Gate. We'll definitely, you know, bring this up as we learn more. Andrew, is there anything else you wanted to talk through on our first episode? You know, there is so much I want to talk to you about, but we are not going to burn it all in the first week, I think. So I think this is everything we should talk about this week. Um, we are both on Twitter and kind of all around, but Twitter is probably the easiest place to reach both of us. Um, and we're, I mean, I'm going to start closing the show out. We, we have a podcast Twitter account at foot underscore fix. I mentioned at the top, but I'm foot underscore AST. My direct messages are open. If you have any questions, I'm certainly open to talking to folks about trading or anything else. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter or discord. I'm at pace of a tortoise. Uh, I also started streaming some of my weekend league games uh, and you can find me on Twitch and there I'm listed as pace of a tortoise with the number two. So pace of a tortoise two on Twitch. Uh, and you can be one of, I think right now I have two followers, uh, one of them being Andrew. Uh, and then one of them, this really great guy that uh, he's a Twitch streamer that I ended up beating this weekend league. And his name is escaping me right now, but uh, please come follow me there. And, you know, if I get more than five followers, uh, I'll start setting up a, a webcam and actually, you know, open the chat and 
we'll have a real uh, streaming engaging party for future weekend leagues. Um, so I'm also on Twitch, as Tyler mentioned. Um, I mostly either record my terrible gameplay for myself, but I do do some pack openings at times when I save things and I tweet those out usually. Uh, I don't have a face cam or anything set up right now, but like Tyler, maybe if we really start taking off, maybe we'll start doing things like that. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to close us out for the first episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Foot Fix, and we will see you next week. Bye.